Hillary Clinton compares former President Trump to Hitler. House Speaker Mike Johnson pitches his plan to avoid a government shutdown. Plus, RNC Chairwoman Rona McDaniel is on the hot seat. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Hillary Clinton because she recently made some stunning comparisons. And yes, she brought out the Nazi Hitler reference, which Democrats love to do. But the more she talked, the more it just makes you scratch your head and think, wait, hold on a second. That's what you guys are doing. That's right. You want a little secret into finding out what's on the Democrats playbook, what's inside it? All you have to do is listen to what they accuse Donald Trump or other Republicans of doing. Chances are that's exactly what the left is doing. Here's Clinton from a recent appearance on The View. You could see it in countries where, well, Hitler was duly elected, that's right? right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, those dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies would be like, oh, okay, we're gonna shut this down, we're gonna throw these people in jail. And, and they didn't usually telegraph that. Trump is telling us yes. what he intends yes. to right. do. To listen yes. to Take that. him at his word. Are you kidding me? It's just amazing what the left can say. And all these people just nod their heads and say, amen. Hillary actually compared Trump to Hitler. Back in the old days, they used to bring swift condemnation. But on The View, it's a rallying cry. But what's so classic are the examples that Clinton uses. She says, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. Under Joe Biden, the government had no problem firing people for not taking an experimental drug. Not only were people fired, perhaps even worse, the Biden administration, along with help from the media and big tech, projected a divisive authoritarian message that labeled unvaccinated Americans as bad people, people deserving of being fired, deserving of being cast out and branded. Biden's team knew their claims weren't true, but they said it anyway, in order to divide Americans and push authoritarian policies, just like Hillary Clinton was talking about. And she also mentioned throwing people in jail. Oh, you mean like pro-life activists? Or maybe people walking around the Capitol on January 6th? She's just disgusting and has no problem with these authoritarian actions we see right now in Joe Biden's government. Trump supporters are the number one target. And what would Clinton do with them? Well, she has her unique own Hitler-esque ideas. So many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. A deprogramming camp that people would be sent to. Does that sound like freedom and liberty to you? I mean, the left has no problem turning the government-run education system into a programming camp for left-wing radicals. Now Clinton wants to deprogram Trump supporters so everyone will think alike. In other words, think like a leftist. By the way, Clinton added a few more comments about defeating Trump and his supporters. And we have to defeat them. And we have to defeat those who are the election deniers, as we did in 2020 and 2022. Um, and we have to 
you know, just be smarter about how we are trying to uh, empower the right people inside the Republican Party. The first part of that clip is right in line with the theme I mentioned earlier. The Democrats have been denying elections for cycle after cycle, yet now they use it against Republicans. But the last part was very interesting. It sounds like they are looking to infiltrate the Republican Party with the right people. Forget about defeating the Republicans. We'll just take them over. And that is why you see fights in the U.S. House and in legislatures around the country. Our party needs to stand strong for conservative values and not be the light beer version of the Democrats. And Hillary just gave us a glimpse of the playbook. All right, next let's talk about House Speaker Mike Johnson and the possible government shutdown. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about House Speaker Mike Johnson because the clock is quickly moving forward on the big date of November 17th. That's when we face the potential of a government shutdown unless the many appropriations bills can be passed essentially all at once. But we do what the government has been doing over and over and over again, and that's passing another continuing resolution that will continue the spending and promote business as usual in Washington. Over the weekend, Johnson proposed a two-step plan which would avoid a government shutdown and give the House time to pass the individual appropriations bills. In other words, it's another continuing resolution, but the difference is there is a plan attached. Give the House time to pass a certain set of appropriations bills by a January deadline and another set of appropriations bills by a February deadline. Here's the story. Some of what's at stake pay for military and federal workers, while Social Security and Medicare checks will still go out. New House Speaker Mike Johnson now pushing an untested plan to keep the government open with a two-step approach. The first would fund some parts of the government until January, the second funding the rest until February. But notably absent from the plan, military aid to Israel and spending cuts. Johnson can only afford to lose four votes. And right now, at least three House Republicans publicly oppose his plan. So according to this plan, all parts of the government would remain funded until January 19th. Once that date is reached, funding would run out for agriculture, military construction and veterans affairs, transportation, housing and urban development, and energy and water appropriations bills. Thus, the Congress would have until January 19th to address and pass those specific appropriations bills. The rest of the appropriations bills that fund the remainder of the government would be extended until February 2nd. So the idea is to address real spending bills on individual departments by certain deadlines of January 19th and February 2nd. The pro side of this is that during that time, rather than massive omnibus spending bills, the Congress can do what it's supposed to do and pass specific appropriations bills. The con side is that in the meantime, yet another continuing resolution would have to be passed, which means just more and more spending. This is exactly what House conservatives did not want in the past and part of what cost Kevin McCarthy the speakership. The new speaker trying to convince hardline holdouts of the urgency felt by some members of his caucus. It is too urgent. Uh, we can't mm -hmm. sit back and do nothing. 
But Johnson's plan may hinge on Democrats' support. It looks gimmicky to me, but I'm open to what the House is talking about. Relying on Democrats could prove risky. It was former Speaker Kevin McCarthy's decision to work with Democrats on the last continuing resolution that ultimately cost him the gavel. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, Speaker Johnson says that if the House Democrats and the Senate are not on board and the plan fails, then the next option is to propose a year-long funding measure that would include an 8% reduction in all non-defense spending, amounting to approximately $40 billion in cuts, while defense spending would remain largely unaffected. So what do you think is the best option? The Johnson proposal, a year-long measure with cuts, or shut down the government? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about RNC Chairwoman Rona McDaniel, because if you talk about the infamous McTrio, McCarthy, McDaniel, and McConnell, Rona McDaniel may be the next to go. McCarthy was ousted for breaking promises and caving to Biden and the Democrats. McDaniel needs to go just out of sheer incompetence. There are a number of reasons why elections go one way or the other. But when the same person oversees winnable election cycles and comes out on the losing end, something has to give. Here's GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy from last week's debate. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. Boom. Telling it like it is with Rona McDaniel in the building. But here's the thing. Nothing seems to sink in. Certainly not criticism or actual election defeats. It's just business as usual at the RNC. Here's McDaniel following up on Ramaswamy's comments. This Republican on Republican infighting, I'm not running for president, so I'm not in this primary, isn't helping our party. We lost races in 2022 because of vitriol within our party. We need every Republican and then some to win elections. And the Republican voters want to hear us talk about the border, fentanyl, Israel, our kids, crime, inflation, and they want to see us take on Joe Biden. McDaniel is right that Republican voters want to hear about those issues. The problem is that they hear about those issues, vote for people, and those people end up siding with the Democrats or don't push the conservative agenda. We do need to come together and we need to do it under a banner of conservatism that moves America away from the detrimental influence of the left. This isn't some schoolyard game of kickball or youth soccer where you get a participation medal and say, oh, well, you tried. This is politics where we are fighting for the future of our country. And McDaniel seems unfazed by loss after loss after loss. All right. Next, here's some rapid fire headlines from around the country. First, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has suspended his campaign for president. Scott was near universally praised for his warmth and spirit, but failed to catch on as DeSantis and Haley crowded out the non-Trump field of candidates. In comments to Fox News, Scott said that voters have made it clear that their sentiment is, not now, Tim. Scott added that he has no plans to endorse another candidate in the GOP race for president, saying, quote, the best way for me to help is to not weigh in. Scott also dismissed the notion of serving as the nominee's running mate, adding, quote, being vice president has never been on my to-do list. Next, left-wing activist and women's soccer player Ray Megan Rapinoe has finally exited the soccer world after suffering an injury in her last professional game. 
Rapinoe's made famous by the left-wing media elite, not necessarily for soccer skills, but for her purple hair and outspoken left-wing positions. Need someone to kneel to the national anthem? Rapinoe's your person. Need someone to display a complete lack of sportsmanship? Rapinoe's there. And now, at the end, after suffering what appears to be an Achilles injury, Rapinoe said in a press conference, she's not religious or anything like that, but her injury is proof that there is not a God, because, quote, this is effed up. Classy to the end. And finally, we have found the cure for the scourge of drugs, gangs, homelessness, and skyrocketing crime in left-wing cities such as San Francisco. All you need to do is have China come to town, and those on the compassionate left will sweep everyone out and pretend their city is just great. Here's California Governor Gavin Newsom adding just as much. Folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true, because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. What a mess. But did we just witness America's first honest politician? Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.